Hey there, Freedom Fighters. My name is Andrew Warner. I'm the founder of Mixergy, where I interview entrepreneurs about how they built their businesses. When I found out about today's guest, I said, my team was snowed. What is this? Another company that's going to teach people how to start their businesses? And I have to be honest, I was very skeptical as I went through the site. And then I was impressed. I thought I should have come out with this idea. This is this is so simple, so brilliant, so elegant. Here's what today's guest does. He realizes that one of the big questions that people have when they're starting a business is, how should I, how should I even structure my business? Do I even need an LLC? Do I need to incorporate? Should it just be a partnership? They don't even know the word sole proprietorship or the phrase, but they wonder, is that enough? And so he decided to come up with this website that not only helped them make that decision, but also make it easy for them to go and, and act on that decision. So if you want to get an LLC for whatever price your state charges, plus 35 bucks through a site, you can get it done. And the, 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 the thing that he focuses on is making the process easy for business people to understand and writing it up in a clear way, these days also doing video, and I'm looking at your eyes as you're doing this. Like you so care about the, your business that I have a sense, Nagabush, Nagab, Nagabushanam, yes. Petty, right? Nagabushanam, yes. I have this sense that you're watching me to make sure that every detail is right because you are that kind of anal. <laughs> I am, I like things done in a certain way. Okay. And uh -huh. I don't necessarily focus so much on the details as the approach. The approach is what matters to me. Tell me, Even what do you mean by that? So it's like this. My background as a doctor first. So mm -hmm. how do you approach a situation in an emergency? You have to develop a mental model. Okay. Okay. How do you actually handle that situation? What should your priorities be? How should you go about thinking about something? Similarly, in business, you have a certain mental model, like what kind of business structure should you choose? Okay. So there's a mental model for business. How do you succeed in business? How should you actually go about it? And it's that mental model, trying to help users get that mental model. That's what I try to focus on. Now, where a lot of people are, are focused is, in this, who think the way that you are is, yeah. what's the right business to create? How do we yes. give people the guidance to create their uh, MVP and so on? You said, I'm going to start even more basic. They want to know yeah. whether it's an LLC or not. They need paperwork to do that. They yeah. need um, paperwork for their partnership, right? And yeah. so on. I should explain that the the business is called the Really Useful Information Company or Truic for short, right? Yes. And uh, speaking of for short, you prefer that I call you Bobby for short? Your friends call you Bobby? Yes, my friends and all family all call me Bobby. <laughs> your uh, articles on your site, super clean, super well-written. And then the monetization, which you don't focus, you don't focus on doing the paperwork for people. You yeah. say, hey, here are two companies that we recommend. Go and use them, right? And one yes. of those two companies is a company I interviewed, the founder of Zen, uh, Zen Business, really new company. They, yes. they work well. And for you, it wasn't enough that they were offering good affiliate payout because of, can I call you anal or you're going to feel uncomfortable with it? <laughs> it's fine. That's detail fine. oriented. I'm detail oriented. You had to go and fly into their office, go see how they work, deal with the way that your customers were going to be handled properly. All right. We're going to talk about how you started this business and uh, how the business is going and why you decided to not to, to not own the whole customer experience. We're going to do it thanks to two phenomenal sponsors. The first is HostGator, a company for hosting your website. If you're out there, you should use hostgator.com slash Mixergy if you're starting. And the second, if you have a team of people and you need to pay them, 
you got to go to Gusto. And I'll tell you later why you should go to gusto.com slash Mixergy. Bobby, let's let's just give people a sense of the business. How how big is it? What's your revenue? <laughs> revenue is basically we're about seven million dollars now. Annually, last year seven. Last year, yes. But okay. this year we're going to see a massive rise. <laughs> why? It's the amount of content we have. So the amount of content we create uh, basically indicates the number of visitors we'll get to our site. Mm-hmm. So the amount of content we're creating is far more now. We have 20% more content than we had last year. And we're working on new tools. New example, we just created a logo maker tool to help people create a free logo from our site. We created more and more tools, which are all free on our site. So we don't actually charge for anything on our site. All our tools, all our guides, all are 100% free. I don't even have to enter an email address to, yep. to figure out whether I should I get an LLC or I, not. That's one of the things. I don't, I'm not here to try and put you into a funnel or anything like that. I'm here just to make the process as simple and uh, hassle-free as possible. Uh, I wonder we don't why. sell your data. We don't do any of that stuff. I wonder why. I feel like you could have said to me, do you even want this whole article that you just read in a PDF so you can highlight it or read in whatever you want, enter your email address and we'll give it to you. You could have done that. You could have said, here's the the overview of what's included here. Give me your email at, well, I guess if you did that, if you hit too much behind an email pay, an email yeah. wall, Google would penalize you and your traffic depends on Google search, right? And so I guess you couldn't do that, but you could create a funnel. You could be thinking throughout the article, how many times can I link people to my email uh, funnel and get them in? Why, why not? It's user experience. I just want to make it clean user experience. Plus, I think pe- privacy is going to become more and more important to people. And other companies are going to have to adjust their business model. My business model is built around privacy first. Everything we do, I won't have to make drastic changes in the future. Okay, I understand that. What about then, instead of passing people over to Zen Business, where Zen Business would um, file their LLC paperwork, why aren't you taking on that business? Or do you think you will at some point? But this way, every company does something really well. Our thing, our mission is to make information accessible, help people succeed by making information accessible and actionable using a leverage-based approach. So we want to make things accessible and actionable, and that's what we do very well. And I, filing businesses requires a new set of skills to do all of that and new systems in place. And the, the companies that are best suited to do, do that. And I rather direct people to the companies that know how to do that very well and have the users have an amazing experience there. I do. I, I love the details. I can pick one big detail out and then one small detail. And then I want to get into how you build this business. Sure. Here's one big detail. Everything has a cleanly written table of contents that just stays relevant, stays available so that yes. I could dip throughout the site. That's one big. Here's a small one. You've gotten into YouTube videos yes. where you'll explain in a YouTube video how, what the different legal structures are. And I remember loving that at business classes when I, when I took them at NYU. Incredibly helpful. And once you get it, you just get it. I like that even the details of what's behind the the man who's speaking and explaining it have been thought out. There's just a nice little logo in the back. So we see it wasn't that you farm this thing out. It has, it just the little details of what's on his shelf makes sense. You're smiling now because you, you care about that stuff. Yes. Absolutely. And your company culture cares about that. All right. Yes. You were in the Royal Air Force. No. Uh, <laughs> you just got a scholarship from them? Yes, I got a scholarship. From Without having to go to the Royal Air Force and be yes. 
Wow, so how does that work? you're about 17, 16 years old, you can apply for something called the Flying Scholarship from the Royal Air Force. I was there when I was in high school. So I applied. They select 100 people from the UK. I was one of those 100 selected. So I had a chance to get some massive experience flying. Then it was my choice whether I decided to join the Air Force, but I decided to go to medical school instead. <laughs> what did you learn from flying? I feel like that's a rigid discipline. Flying is... Basically, self-sufficiency. When you're flying, your life is in your hands. <laughs> okay. Ah, that kind of control, understanding, discipline, knowing that you have to be aware, awareness, and self-discipline. You have to be very disciplined to fly. You don't want to make mistakes. You've got to be aware. That was basically the big thing. That was <laughs> when you're 17 years old, it's just mm -hmm. ah, it was an amazing adventure for me. <laughs> I remember I had some friends over for dinner here and I mentioned yeah. that I'd like to fly and a friend of mine said, okay. Oh, actually he, he filed it away. And the next day I got a text message that says, do you want to go flying? And I said, yeah. And it turns out we had this mutual friend who, who was a pilot and we got into his plane, but before we did, this guy was hanging out with us, talking to us. And then he went into this, he, he stopped paying attention to us completely. He paid attention to this checklist. He stopped being the hangout Ian Hunter that we were with yes. in the car on the way over and became this guy who was obsessive about all the checklists and every detail. And even when he got up in the air, he was, he was having fun. But until he went through the checklist, he zoned us all out. Yes. <laughs> that's the thing. You had your checklist and even at 17, you knew you had to do it. Your life depends on it. Yes, that's what's, it. What's on the checklist? What do you remember? <laughs> I haven't flown in the last 10 years, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> okay. Huh? But it's just everything from setting your, <laughs> making sure your altitude settings and all of those things, Q and H settings, everything, just going through it all systematically. That's it. I wonder, is that what you do now before you publish some content on your site, before you update something? Do you have a mental checklist or a fixed checklist? Are you equally checklisted at your business? Our team is now. I actually do very little of the actual writing or the thing. I'm more with the strategy. And so this is where I'm in a different phase in my business. I'm in the business where I'm trying to scale up massively now. So to do that, I need people who can actually execute things, think strategically, think very, you know, on their feet, solve the problems for themselves. So I'm now in the process of trying to teach them the skills to do it. How do you do that? How do you make sure that they that they think in that strategic way, but also bring back the discipline that you bring to everything? I guess I kind of break it down. Example, there are three things we're trying to really teach everyone. One is attentive focus. Spot the things that other people are missing. Huh? Spot the things that help you identify the patterns. Recognize the patterns. And for that, you really need attentive focus in something. Then the next thing is you need to start a Understand, you got all, you've seen the patterns, you've seen all of this. What's the information you gain from that? Huh? Then using that information, you have to develop a vision of how things can go and how things can flow. And you have to develop the vision of your plan. Once you've developed a vision, the next thing you need to do is be able to get people to cooperate with you to execute that vision. So that's really it. Attentive focus, developing the vision, and then getting people to cooperate, <laughs> the three skills. And that's basically where I'm trying to teach my team. I remember asking Russell Brunson, the founder of ClickFunnels, yes. why, he, why he uses a word like secret to tell his team that he has a plan. And he says, 
I have to get them excited about the plan. Yes. And what I noticed was he's using the same type of persuasion skills that he might use in online copy or in a yes. speech that he gives to, to get his team psyched up. What do you use to get your team psyched up and to get them to take action? Basically helping them see the potential of something. If they can see the potential and something that they do can have ah. a massive impact and conveying that to them, you know? Yeah. And then they say, wow, I just did this. Okay. And they can see the results for themselves. Do you have an example? And my mind goes to, to big things, but maybe there's a small example that you can give me of how them <laughs> knowing the, the significance matters. So business ideas was a project we wanted to execute. Yeah. The business and ideas is the business. It's the business idea generator that's on your site. Yeah. But we also have about 700 that tool is created from the fact that we have a sort of database of about 760 business ideas. And so the first thing we do is we come up with a seed song in a project. And the seed song was essentially helping entrepreneurs find the business idea that best fits them. Huh? To yes. helping them. Okay, that's really it. That was a simple seed song, helping business idea, uh, entrepreneurs find the business idea that best fits them. What's the phrase and you use? That's a simple seed song? A seed song. So every project we do, like Trick, is helping people succeed by making information accessible and actionable using a leverage-based approach. Did, so I, did every, I hear you write seed song? Yeah. We call it a seed song. So it's, it's a seed. It's the foundation of which everything grows from. And the why entire, the song? Why S-O-N-G after that? Because you have to do it in a way that's phrased so that people understand it. Ah, so it's not enough to put a seed in my brain about what I need to do. It has to be communicated in like a song, in some way that's catchy, that I and you can feel memorize emotionally it. connected to, and I can memorize. Okay, got it. That's it. And so at that point, every project, so if it's not related to your seed song, you, don't, you exclude it from your project. It's like outside the scope. Got and it. You push it away. Got it. It helps people keep focus and everything. And so we do that. And so we understood that that was a thing. And now he, I kind of mentioned, hey, if we can really do this, we'd have more people forming LLCs because we realized 90% of the people coming to our site weren't actually forming a company. Because they didn't have an idea. They were just yeah. trying. They we were, were just, just window shopping. Yeah. Thinking. How do you even know that? If you don't have an ongoing relationship with your audience, how do you know that they're just window shopping? I guess I go by intuition a lot. Okay. And which is not very, but so we, I made, I made that assessment and then we came up with a strategy and then we had a team, we gave them a seed song and then they just executed this. And now we have about 20, 30,000 visitors a day coming purely to find a business idea from our website. I can, all right. I can understand that. I do see the, the importance of that. You know, let me go back a little bit. Yeah. The reason that you founded this business is because of something that happened to you at Sagara. What is Sagara? Sagara was my Sagara. very first company I started okay. when I came to the USA. Mm -hmm. And when I was starting that, I had no idea how to do anything because remember, I wasn't from the USA. Okay. I was from the UK originally. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know how to start a business. I didn't understand a lot of the things you take for granted and you understand inherently. I didn't understand. Okay. And so I had to figure out all what are the business structures available to me in America and things like that. And everything I learned, well, that information wasn't out there, actually. It was very, very hard to get that information. What year was this? This was 2008. And you December couldn't even Google what kind of company should I create in 2008? 
It was very hard to find that information. It was an example. There are a lot of sites now. We were actually the very first site to actually outline all the steps to do it clearly. Then everyone else started copying us. <laughs> Got it. Oh, all right. I do understand that it was, it was complicated. You didn't fully understand it. And then when you did understand it, you drove where to start to, to create your LLC? I wasn't sure I got the process correct. So I actually drove all the way to Lansing from Ann Arbor. <laughs> okay. And I actually went to the business formation place, Lara, okay, and asked them, is this exactly what I need to do? And they said, yes. And I was shocked. It was that simple. And why were companies charging $600 for this? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. Okay. And that basically made me say, hey, okay, I'm going to just put this information out there to help other entrepreneurs. Okay. Just a straight up blog. Yep. And I just left it like that. And I updated the, every single time I learned something new about doing business, I put it up on the site. Okay. And I tried to make everything systematic. What was the original idea for Sagara? Am I pronouncing so, it right? Yeah. Uh, so Sagara's seed song was improving Sagara, health and me. raising consciousness. So, okay. So we wanted to figure, example, when I was a doctor, you saw a lot of people with um, medical problems and you give them a pill for their blood pressure and they have to keep on taking that medication every single day. Huh? And the day, even after six years, after they stop taking the pill, huh, their blood pressure goes right back up. So all you're doing is treating symptoms. You're not treating the underlying cause. And it's basically most of our diseases are diseases of lifestyle. And so we wanted to create simple ways to basically modify disease. And one of the things I really did focus on was blood pressure. And I figured if you could reduce the, what you call stress in someone's life or tell, show them how to manage it better. Uh, and breathing is one of the very simple techniques for doing that. If you can slow down your breathing to about five to seven breaths per minute, and you can do that for 15 minutes a day, uh, your blood pressure will come down naturally and stay down. You know uh, what? So we were creating apps to do that. To help people just reduce their blood pressure by breathing better. Yeah, it's very simple. Uh, it's a very simple strategy. Okay. You know, and, and so, you, when you told our producer about all the things that happen from bad stress that people just live with, it made me take a moment to just analyze my own life. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm stressed. But it's very possible that I've got this underlying amount of stress that I just accept yes. and I don't pay attention to. And it's not big stress like, how am I going to feed my family? It's small stress like, oh, I didn't respond to Aaron from hip camp yesterday and yeah. I should have. And that eats away at me in a way that it shouldn't. I forgot to follow up with Sachit Gupta who works with us. And that woke me up in the middle of the night at two o'clock last night. And, and so what are the problems, that, what are the results of that? What's the danger in my life for having that underlying stress? So when you do, when you have that kind of stress, it changes everything in your body. Okay, the hormones you secrete, uh, the way your body heals, the way your uh, so hormone. Basically, the autonomic nervous system it affects the autonomic nervous system. It increases sympathetic output. It basically. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't really prepared for this kind of talk, talking about soccer. <laughs> so Come back go to your medical this. times. Yeah. So anyway, but that has a massive impact on your immune system, your uh, aging process, your uh, cardiovascular health, 
So it affects all of those diabetes. All of these things get affected by stress and it reduces your lifespan. It increases the chance of you having chronic disease increases. All of these are the problems of stress. But if you can reduce your breathing rate to about five to 10 breaths per minute, and you can do that for 15 minutes a day, you naturally calm down. Breathing is the one thing that's under both autonomic control and voluntary control. And by voluntarily slowing down your breathing rate, you modify your autonomic nervous system, you reduce the sympathetic output and increase the parasympathetic output. Okay, so this was your, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so that was basically the basis of Sagra to basically show people that using simple techniques to improve their lifestyle. So this was your idea. You created an app. It was downloaded how often? We had over four or five million downloads. (laughs) That seems like a huge winner. Was it? It was, but I didn't know how to monetize it. Remember, I, I had a model for medicine and how to do uh-huh. that, but I didn't have the business model then. And okay. so I actually spread myself too thin. I tried to do too many things. We created breathing apps, diet apps, uh, exercise apps. I didn't focus and win in one area. Why Why'd you do all these different apps? Because if you really want to improve your health, you have to do four areas, diet, breathing, um, exercise, and mindfulness. You see, these are the four areas I wanted to focus on. So I was creating those four apps and those things. Then we did them on iOS. We did them on Android. We did them on PC. Then we did them in multiple languages. Then we tried to create a subscription system for them. And so then we went after corporate health and wellness programs. And that was my biggest mistake. (laughs) Why was that the the even bigger mistake than not focusing on one of the apps? Why was that it? Well, that's the biggest mistake because I knew how to reach consumers. When you go after companies like we had JP Morgan Chase wanting to evaluate our apps, we had Huawei in China wanting to do this. But when you go after all these companies, you need a lot more resources. They want the what you call the analytics, how often people are using. Then they want to show that your apps are actually changing outcomes. And that's not something we were entirely geared up because we were always thinking about privacy. (laughs) Okay, so it kind of bit me in the eye. Okay, that really did bite me back there. Okay, but um, we then were building out systems. So if you are a company and you wanted uh, 100,000 employees to be using our apps and whatever device that had an Android phone, iOS, PC, Mac, whatever, we could make that happen. And so I was focused on, we had to build out all that technology. We were doing that, but the sales cycles for two years. Uh, and and it, so- I didn't have the revenue to sustain myself for that length of time. My burn rate was increasing. Then about five years ago, I realized it was the end of the road. I couldn't meet payroll. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I was able to borrow some money and I basically said to my team, this is it. Here's some money for a month. Then it was just me, my CTO and my COO, three of us. Starting and- brand new. And now this thing that was a blog was going to become this business that I'm here to interview about, Truick. Yeah. Let me take a moment to to talk about my first sponsor. And then I want to find out sure. what, what you felt before you made that transition. I'm also, I've got a note here about how you... You borrow the money from an entrepreneur. Why did this entrepreneur lend you money when things weren't working out? But first, I should tell people my first sponsor is HostGator. One of the things that's inspiring to me about your story, Bobby, is that you just said, I know this stuff. I'm going to publish it online for other people to find. And you were just doing it to help people. 
And look at how it became this huge business for yourself that's changing your life and changing yes. millions of other people's lives who are, who are connected with the site. I bet that there's someone who's in our audience right now who has something that they're working on. They might be putting it into, um, into a dock on their phone, on their computer, whatever. And imagine if they would say, you know, instead of making it just available for myself, I'm just going to put it on a web page. Yeah. What do you think of that, right? Just put it on a web page. What do you think? That's actually one of the YouTube videos we're about to release. <laughs> saying, what's the best business idea that an entrepreneur should start? What should be his first business idea? And I was thinking, a problem they have to solve for themselves. <laughs> and just as you're thinking it through, put it online, because when other people are looking at your solution, even if they're not really paying attention, you feel held accountable. And so you make the you make the information a little bit clearer to explain to them, but really you're actually making it more, more accessible to yourself. You're more likely to act on it. And you're more likely to see the value of it when you share it with the world, because someone's going to contact you and say, that's the thing I was looking for. Yeah. Right. But now you did more than that. You actually understand who needs that information, who needs a product ah, or, tool or whatever. So it's not just that so they value it, but who's yourself. out there. Yeah. Therefore, you understand how to who needs it. Therefore, you understand the customer much better. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of skills to be an entrepreneur, and you have to do all of those things. But if you already understand how to market it, because you already understand who needs it, then that makes your life a lot easier, and so you're more likely to succeed with that. I'm going to say this, if you're out there and you have some kind of skill, something that you're learning right now, something yeah. that you've just learned, go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy, start a site. It really, I promise it'll take you five minutes to have your site domain and everything up and running. Don't get carried away with a nice design. That's what I did. It's a big distraction. Just pick a design that's clear and one that's included for free with your package and just start explaining what you know. And even put this disclaimer that I saw this one listener of mine put up. He said, look, I'm just thinking this through and you'll see the site editing in real time because I'm thinking it through right now. So you don't even have to promise perfection. You're just saying, I'm thinking it through and you're coming along to watch me. And then when you feel good about it, get rid of that I'm thinking through because now you've got something and see who reacts. And this could be anything. If you're great at sleeping, just put your checklist for how you sleep. If you're trying to figure it out, put down what you've learned. If you're somebody who's great at, um, oh, my, one of my things now is camping. If you know how to freaking figure out what I should have for camping, put that up on your website. I will value it. If you're a great reader, explain to us how to read faster and absorb more information and take better notes. Whatever it is, go take it to hostgator.com slash Mixergy, because when you do, you're going to be part of this family of companies. What's the parent company called? Endurance, right? Yes. Right. Hugely successful company, been around forever. People will tell me, I don't like HostGator. I like this other one. Guess what? This other one, I'm going to say it. It's uh, what is it? Uh, Blue, Bluehost. They go, I like Bluehost instead. Or I like this instead. They own it. It's all the same freaking company. It's just a different name. They kind of, I, I feel like also what they do, Bobby, there is they have these different companies so that they have each person has more responsibility and maybe competes against each other, but they're selling the same great hosting package. Different. Anyway, guys, it just works. Don't get carried away with which hosting company you should get. Get one that works. Focus on your content and then see what response you get from people. All right. That's hostgator.com slash Mixergy. Great hosting package, inexpensive. And if you throw that slash Mixergy at the end, you'll get a great price. And I'll get a pat on the back from Matt over there, who's uh, my champion at Hostgator. And I appreciate them sponsoring. Okay. Who's the entrepreneur who, who lent you money when the thing wasn't working? Um, <clears throat> Basically, I went to a meetup and he was there and uh, basically it was a loan to help me. Basically, I used the money essentially to pay the severance pay to my team. And I told him I had my other company, Truick, I was going to focus on. Then I could use that money to the revenue from that to pay him off. 
and we kind of did a revenue-based financing deal. <laughs> Well, you were paying him based on the revenue that you were going to generate from Truick. Yes. Okay. And I, I haven't asked basically if I could use his name out there, so I don't want to mention. But what type of entrepreneur would give give you money when your business failed for just interest instead of saying, "Hey, you know what? Let me fund this new business and use the money any way you want," or tell you what, close this other company. Sorry, you have a problem with those. You don't like any of those options. You're disgusted by me even suggesting them as questions. No, it's all right. But he was a really good friend, okay? And he enabled me to do the right thing for my team and my employees. So that was great. And I really did appreciate it a lot. And he trusted me that I was going to be, have the resources to pay him back. And I had the ethics to do that too. That was it. I wonder when things weren't working for you, when you couldn't make payroll, humanize yeah. yourself a little bit. Tell me about what it's like for Bobby when Bobby's feeling up against the wall. I can't believe it. I'm I'm a failure. All right. Tell me about it. I left medicine. <laughs> and, okay. Right. I left no medicine. Could have done gr- I was like, my business had failed. I was, <laughs> that was a very low point in my life. That was about five years ago. And five, six years ago. And I was like, what do I do? And I was able to do the right thing for my team. And I felt, okay, fine. That was established, but it was very sad. It was, it's almost like there was a death in the family or something like that. For me, it was like so much energy, so much effort had gone in and I was having to like go of everything. Now it was quite a painful time for me and a very, very difficult time. But the reason why I decided to carry on and do trick and focus on that was because it was a period of great self-examination, actually, because I had to understand why I failed. What was it about me that led me to fail? I had to understand that. I had to think it through. And I realized the biggest lesson for me was lack of focus. That was the problem. I was mm-hmm. arrogant, and I did not focus enough. And I had to basically work on myself first and really, really think through that and not just say I'm going to be what you call more focused and less arrogant. I actually had to really think about set pro, you know, procedures in place every single day to examine that, to make sure I was going in the right direction. What, what kind of procedures would you set in place for that? <laughs> Write things out at the end of each day. Huh? Write things so, out at the end of each day. Yeah. What did I do? How could I have improved that? Examine it each day and write it out. Sort of, sort of journaling kind of technique. Uh, then at the start of each day, uh, meditation, really, really focused meditation. And that was it. Why meditation at the start of the day, not journaling also at the start about what you want to do? Why or something else that's more visible? Basically, I want to focus on myself and improve my own thing. It's not all about business and clearing my head and helps me to think better, helps me to become more creative. I realize my creativity is so much better if I meditate fast and my problem solving skills are so much better. And journaling is great for analyzing things, okay, and seeing what I did and for analytical stuff. But really for me to, I think the really deep change comes from me meditating. When, how does meditating help you be able to solve a problem better? That's a it's difficult to explain. Example, when I meditate, the answers come to me. It's more inspiration, okay, rather than an analytics. 
That's the thing I find. I don't know how to explain it. When I, I have problems in my head, I decide I'm going to totally ignore them. I just focus on my breathing. I do that for half an hour. Usually I have an answer by the end of that. I'm not even thinking about it. Do you sometimes find that in the middle you have an answer and you want to stop in meditating and go write it down? No, I can usually remember it. You just remember it. I just it. say, I'm going to focus on this and just keep focusing on the meditation. Because the day will happen anyway at the end of the day. Okay. And I don't need to do it there and then. Mm. What's your meditation practice? So <laughs> I use a combination of breathing techniques, mudras, and chanting. <laughs> That's a mudras. So the first thing I'll do is I'll use yoga, like Surya Namaskar yoga. So physical exercise helps me to improve the focus. Okay. Mm -hmm. Stops my mind wandering. Then I'll do the breathing techniques that enhances the level of focus. Then I will do what you call some sort of japa training, mm -hmm. chanting. Okay. Uh, vocalization, attentive vocalization. So that helps my mind stay in one place uh, in a deep level and just keep chanting that way. Mm -hmm. And that really makes a big impact. Example, there have been studies showing that attentive chanting, like focused meditation, actually increases the amount of gray matter in your uh, brain, et cetera, after a unit, short period of six weeks. What's now they've done MRI scans before and after. It increases the, what you call connection between both hemispheres, increases the size of that, and also reduces your amygdala, your fear responses shrink. What's the beads on your arm? Sorry, I'm taking, if you saw me for a second space yes. out, I had to go and write a note on what you're saying. Yeah, what are the beads on your arms? Uh, they're Thulacy beads. Okay, and so that's more to do with my spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. And I have those there on my arms to remind me of the way to behave and my values every single day. That's the reason. So. I use those as a reminder that everything I do each day, uh, it's it's not about any one thing. There's a more spiritual thing there, okay? And so it's more my life's values. What are your life's values? I, I keep, you know what I have to say to you? I was worried when I first found out about your business that you were going to be some kind of business guru who would tell people exactly how to make a lot of money if they paid you even a lot of money too. And then I discovered, no, it's much more practical than that. It's what do you, how do you get your logo? How do you get your LLC filed? And I thought, oh, good. And now as I'm hearing you talk, I think I want him to be more of a guru. I want to see more about how he runs his business, how he structures it. I want to hear more about the uh, what's the, the seed song. I want to hear more of those types of ideas from him. I know we're going into that. So we've been focusing a lot of high T content and now I'm really, we're shifting our thing into the mental model, figuring mm. out how to think about it. What are the things you should think about when you do a business? How do you evaluate a business? How do you grow? And this is the stuff that in the last year and a half that I've been really focused on. And since then we've been growing quite exponentially. So I'm kind of, <laughs> it's been really good for us. It's working for us. And we know that we can work for other people. Let's go back to how you started. So you said, I'm pivoting. I'm starting from scratch. I have to focus on my meditation in the morning, journaling yeah. at night, keep improving. What's the first thing that you did when you decided you were going to focus on Truick? For the business, I mean, what'd you do? Uh, basically, we just really looked at the content. And for the first couple of years, we just really figured out how to make it better and better. And mm -hmm. there was actually one thing though that really helped me grow a lot. 
I had an email saying, hey, I'd like to buy your website. <laughs> I said, okay, this guy, by this time, I was catching on to the fact that we were onto a good thing here, <laughs> okay. And I said, okay, no, okay, no shit, Sherlock. Okay, <laughs> uh, okay. and I said, okay, fine. I, I normally would not respond to that email, okay, but in this case, uh, something about it, so I just responded to the email. Then we got chatting. I offered to buy him out. <laughs> okay. Because he was in a similar business. Exactly, he was yeah. a competitor. Okay. Uh And then he basically, we realized we had a lot in common and our reasons for starting it out were very similar. And so then he told me about another entrepreneur and then we all just got on Skype and started chatting and we realized, Hey guys, why don't you come over to Ann Arbor? And they all flew to Ann Arbor and we spent two weeks. Yeah. And we spent two weeks just talking about our business. And then I said, hey, guys, when I did this, I doubled my traffic. And they told me when I did this, I doubled my revenue. And we just learned from each other. And we shared it. Okay, we understood we'd be competitors. But we also understood that this isn't the only thing we're going to be doing. And the more we can learn, be good friends and learn from each other, we grow. And that was one of the biggest keys to our growth, that being not being being not being afraid to share and actually just learning from each other. That really drove up our growth massively. One of the things that you taught them was how to grow traffic based on how you did it. And they taught you about the affiliate program uh, techniques that they were using. What did you teach them? What was working for you at that time in your business? Okay. I think our CTA is going to get very upset about this. (laughs) Biggest thing we realized was the speed of the website makes such a big difference. Like when we had our servers, uh, our traffic in California, our traffic in California massively increased. Uh, when I had our, then we moved our service to Florida. Then our traffic in Florida went up fourfold. Okay. Then we realized this is really a big thing. So now we use Azure and our, we have about 20 servers all around the world. <laughs> okay. Based ah, on geographical region. Okay. Things like that. And we realized the tech infrastructure really makes a big difference to your traffic. That, Okay. What, give me one other one. This is, this is significant. What else? What else helped you get traffic back then? So. <laughs> oh, good. I want you to get to feel, I want you to feel a little bit like it's going to get you in trouble because that's when you bring out something meaningful and that's when people really feel helped. And, and I know, I know. Okay. Um, we're actually writing guides to explain all of this anyway. Well, the other thing is meet the intent of the user. Okay, what is the user looking for? Example, uh, our website is you Google Texas LLC, okay? Then you'll see us in the results and you click on us. And the very first thing you see is how to form a uh, tech LLC in Texas. That's the title of the page. There's nothing complicated. Huh? Instantly, the user recognizes they are where they should be. Then we show, we'll show you how to form an LLC in Texas in a few easy steps. That's okay. it. They recognize where they are. And so the bounce rate goes really low down. There's nothing complicated. Keep it really simple. Okay, don't overthink the thing. What is the one thing you're trying to let the user know? And put that message out there in a very simple way. You know, and I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. The next thing is context. Okay. Ah, so example, if you look up what is an EIN or something like that, you'll see our page, EIN. So I give context. And I'll show you how to get an EIN number, but a lot of people don't even know what an EIN number is. And all these sites explain it in a very difficult way. And I realized that, so when you give context, think about a user and do it from where they are. So EIN number is like a social security number for your company. 
Yeah. Okay. So they understand what a social security number is. Yeah. <laughs> and so now using what they already know, we use that and we do that in the context text. So we try and take the fear out saying, you already understand a bit of this and we'll show you how to do it in a few steps. So that's the kind of thing we kind of really focus on and doing these simple things. The other thing is you need to be HTTPS. Okay. Ah, if you're not HTTPS, okay, you're going to get dinged for that. You need to have HTTP2, which is uh, you can download your images in parallel. So when you use a CDN, you need to make sure that your CDN supports HTTP2. Most websites do, okay? I'm not sure the website builders do. That's the thing. And so that's where if you, as you said, HostGator and all those guys, if you used WordPress and all that, you can set up HTTP2. That's the other thing. As opposed to by website builders, you're talking about Squarespace and uh, yes. all these companies yeah. that make it easier to start a site, but not this. Yes. The, basically, the speed enhancements are going to be slow. And that's basically what's happening. Like Google and from April onwards is really going to focus on speed and the user experience, like if you've got a lot of ads on your site and if your site is slow and everything, you're going to really face major penalties. You then the other thing, oh, okay. I'm not going to interrupt. If you have more, give me more. Fair uh, enough. The other thing you need okay. to do is get backlinks. Huh? And you need to guest post, get your name out there, like I'm doing, interviewing you with you. Okay. Mm -hmm. huh? I figured that's part of it. reasons for all this. Okay. So mm -hmm. uh, that all helps. That all helps to actually raise your credibility. And so, but that's all what you call the, see, some of the stuff creates a great user experience. And, but a lot of people have realized other sites just purely focus on the tactics, like backlinks. It's all about backlinks. They don't try to create worthwhile content. They just focus on pure SEO manipulation. And you're saying, look, Yes, SEO, but bring it back to user experience. And let me yes. bring it back to user experience for a moment before I go into the affiliate. Yeah. One of the things that I said I liked about your site was you take complicated subjects and you keep them simple. Yes. I You're, you're noticing I'm using the Apple Pencil. I'm really yeah. into my iPad. I think you, you held yours up for a moment. Yes. <laughs> I'm so into this stuff that I, at times, I just go on Reddit and look at iPads, uh, the iPad section, and I'll see medical students show their notes on their iPad to sh because they just want to show how the the apps that they're using are helping them stay more organized. And what I noticed was medical students especially are really good at having clean notes that make sense even to a layman like me, but have a lot, but they're data rich, but organized. That's how you got to, to yes. that's where you learned to do this, to take good notes. How, what is it that you learn as a medical student that allows you to express yourself so cleanly, so well? You have a lot of information to learn as a medical student. You've got tremendous amounts of information to learn. And I actually did the way uh, the guides, the way I actually created my notes in university. <laughs> huh? I want context. I want to understand what I'm about to learn uh -huh. in every paragraph. And so I'm, I want to know what's important information. Why am I learning this? And that's I kind of want to make it very scannable. That's the kind of thing. So everything we did on our website is basically what I learned to make make sure that the process of learning information was very quick and easy. So I didn't have to spend 10 hours learning something. I could learn in half an hour. It's also like it's it's the headings. It's the, yes. the clear pointers to what you need. So you can scan out by just looking Yes. Big picture. And then easily know where your eyes should land and focus. And anything important should never be hidden in a giant paragraph. 
Huh? Like our texts, our paragraphs are only three or four sentences. Huh? And that's, I try to keep no, no paragraph more than three sentences. You see, I want it to be clear. We even have things like we, like Fibonacci ratio, like that. The, the size of the length of the line to the size of the characters, all of that is thought through so that everything is aesthetically pleasing and easy to understand. Now I'm actually scrolling through your content with renewed understanding of what's going on <laughs> on it. All right, let me take a moment to talk about my second sponsor, and then I want to come back and find out what you learned about affiliate programs that helped your your revenue grow. You were doing just yeah. a few thousand bucks a month, I think, if that before you you yes. these meetups, and then things shot up. My second sponsor is a company called Gusto for paying your people. Are you thinking about adding this type of section to your site? Yes. You are, uh, right? We actually use Gusto ourselves. You do? What <laughs> yes. do you like about Gusto? Why do you use Gusto? Simplicity. Uh, and we can just manage it online and it's easy to do. And our team does it. So that's why. <laughs> you know what? Enough said right there. Anyone else who wants to use it, go use it. They'll give you three months for free. You've heard so many people who I've interviewed have used Gusto and you should at least try them out. And if you're going to make the switch now, January 2021 is the time to do it, meaning get started now and have a much better year paying your people. And frankly, give them a good experience when they're getting paid. Go to gusto.com slash Mixergy, G-U-S-T-O dot com slash M-I-X-E-R-G-Y, gusto.com slash Mixergy. What did you learn about affiliate programs that helped you grow your revenue? Affiliate programs. Um help me grow my revenue it was finding the right affiliate is the most important thing that's the thing so i don't see we had such scale large scale that we can drive thousands of conversions for users like for every 10 people who come to our website and form an llc uh, one person or two people will probably want a service to do it for them they want convenience and so this basically means that we have such a large scale that we can actually go to the companies and negotiate. We have a lot of people, okay? And so that enabled me to basically get a better deal for our users. So so when I, mean, I do a deal- Not I, just, I want more money for referring a user, but I want them to have a bigger discount. So yeah, so when I, whenever I do a deal, it has to have three components. So all the parties must win. So in our case, we have three parties in, our, in any deal we do. We have our users, we have ourselves and we have the service provider. Our users basically save time and they save money because we negotiate a discount for them. Okay, so they save time and money. The service provider, he wins because he gets a large number of customers and they reduce their marketing costs. And we win because uh, we basically get the affiliate fee. Okay, so we so all three parties win. And mm -hmm. for that, that makes a deal sustainable. Then the next thing is for a deal to be massively scalable, the proportions at which everybody wins must be good. And then the deal can be massively scalable. And what that's what we kind of discovered. Proportions have to be good. Huh? What do you mean by the proportions have to be good? So example, uh, it can't just be a small discount for the user. It can't just be a, you know, if I did everything so that our commission was much larger than everything else at the expense of getting a better discount for the customer, then our users wouldn't necessarily find our site to be valuable. Okay. So you see, there has to be a, you have to get the right proportions and we have to get enough revenue so that we can actually start developing more tools, more content and everything like that and provide better value for our users.
So those uh, you got to get the balancing act right. I didn't form an LLC in in Delaware for this company. Yeah. All my other companies always in Delaware. Actually, the first version of Mixergy was in Delaware. I went to the bank to open up an account. They said, "Sorry, California requires us to have your account here or fill out this extra pay." I said, "Enough said. No more paperwork." I went and I had it redone. Close the other company. What's what's the deal with Delaware? Did I make a mistake? And how do I deal with the with the banks? Do you know this stuff or is it, are you too far removed yeah. from it now? You do. <laughs> this is one of the questions we get asked. Where should I form an LLC? And the simplest answer is you should form an LLC in the state you're doing business in. Okay. So if you're in California, you should form the LLC in California. If you're in Texas, you should form your LLC in Texas. If you're in Michigan, you should form the LLC in Michigan. Why would you form it? If you're a corporation and things like that, and you're going to get investors, then Delaware would be the best place to do it because they understand business law. It's very streamlined and you're going to get professional investors and they want to know uh, how to do it. And so if you're forming a corporation at that point, Delaware would be the idea. But for most small businesses, that does not apply. The 99% of entrepreneurs, you should form an LLC in the state you're located in and you're doing business in. Because if I have, say, our LLC is formed in Michigan, uh, and because we have off we have offices here, we have to do all of that stuff here. But now, if I'm say I want to form in Wyoming, okay, and I formed in Wyoming because they got better privacy laws or whatever, okay, yeah. and then I, but I am conducting business in Michigan. I'll still have to register as a foreign LLC in Michigan, yes. and I'll still have to pay the same paperwork and still all the tax liability. So now I have to register. I'm now maintaining an LLC in two states. Right. So it doesn't make any sense. But people think to do it because if you're getting funding, if you've got professional investors, they're going to insist on Delaware. They're the ones who are most vocal about what to do. And then the rest of us think we have to always form a Delaware company. Yes. But that's if you're going after VC capital and all of that stuff. And then that, this is the difference. What structure should you choose? Should you choose right. an LLC? Should you choose a corporation? Should you be a sole proprietor? Uh, and then how should you be taxed? Should you be taxed as a partnership? Should you be taxed as an S-corp? These are the decision-making things. And we have an article on how to choose a business structure on our site. I, I read it. And that. I like that you just start off by saying, look, for most people, it's going to be an LLC. I like that you just get, give me the bottom yeah. line and then <laughs> let's understand the whole concept. Okay, so now you and these other entrepreneurs are talking through your businesses. You're starting to learn from them. You are you understand that there are more affiliates that you could work with, that you could yes. negotiate with them directly. And yeah. now your revenue goes from what? A few thousand dollars a month to tens of thousands a month. Is that what I'm talking about? Pretty much. About? That's uh, it. Uh, then I realized as our volume is going up and- we were able to all get the same deal because now there are three companies doing it. Ah, now you're negotiating together. Can you say who yes. they are? Can you tell us who one of them is? Uh, LC University. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So you were talking about real direct competitors and instead oh, yes. of saying we're going to slug it out, it's we're going to partner up. Well, no, well, we each have our own different approach. Every one of us has got very different approaches to it. And that's the thing. It's like we bring in our own... Th- our own values and our own style to it. So um, some people will like my the way I present information. Some people will like the way he presents information. So we understood that. Huh? But you're right. We do uh, are direct competitors and many keywords and everything. <laughs> yeah. And um, I like how, um, because I read through your site, I understand that having university in his company name could end up being a problem for him, right? It's something that you've got to consider that it takes a little Actually, bit longer. I think it works for him. 
Okay. No, no, no. I mean, uh, sorry. It takes a little bit longer. There's more, more of a process with the states to get. I think you said university. Um, what are the other ones? I forget. I know I can't say the word bank attorney yeah. unless they're certain. I, oh yes, yeah. And actually, forming a company, you mean? Yes. In forming a company, there it, there are more stops if you call yourself a university. It's not that you can't do it. It's just that it's something you have to be aware of potentially causing a delay. Potentially, but I think he got away with it. <laughs> Quite yeah, no, it's working. I'm not. I'm not going to yeah. cite and confusing him with an actual university. No, no, um, but he's he's his content's amazing as well. There's yeah, no- I, I think you also said you can't make it so people are confused about whether you're a government agency and you give a couple of different government agencies, right? Which kind of reminded me about FedEx, about how he got away with it, right? That he called himself Federal Express, so that people think that it's a federal, you know, government agency. Of course, yep. it's it's now FedEx. All right, so now the business has started to grow. You went back and rehired almost every single person who you had to lay off in the previous business, which makes me wonder why. There, I would have thought it would be two different skill sets. Is this just you saying, I've got to be a good person, I feel bad for letting them go, I'll bring them back? Or was there really an overlap in, in needed skills? Basically, it's a lot of overlap, overlapping skills. That was the thing. We're essentially, everyone thinks we're just a blogging site. We're not really a blogging site. We're essentially a tech company. Okay. And a lot of what we do is technology-based. Okay. We have project managers and a lot of the team, we're all tech guys. Okay. And so designers, uh, what you call video people, audio people, because all of those things now are actually we're using in our YouTube videos, et cetera. There's a lot of overlapping skills. And plus I trusted them. I know them and I trust them. I'm, I'm looking you up as we're talking and I keep looking up Truic, nothing comes up. And then I realize, no, your site is on how to start an LLC.com, not Truic.com. Yes. What's the deal? Are you pivoting to just calling yourself Truic? So Truic, I want Truic to be the brand. How to start an LLC is too limiting in itself because right. that was one of the things that helped me succeed very fast, yeah, because it's very precise. But how to start an LLC actually shows you how to start everything from a corporation, DBA, nonprofit, all of that. And I don't want to be limited just to the United States either. But Truic so, is not even, it, the Truic.com site, doesn't it redirect? No, it doesn't. It doesn't redirect. Okay. It has its own page and everything. I see it. And yes, depending you're right. upon what action you want to take, it tells you where to go. And it seems to take me back and forth. Got it. And then the traffic on Truic is not very high, which is why I couldn't see it on similar web. But when I put in how to start an LLC.com, I'm seeing some of your traffic. And so and and so that's where I go to social. And 84% of your social comes from YouTube. That is an intentional. Why did you pick YouTube as the place to focus? It's the second largest search engine. <laughs> and so people are searching for an answer versus, yeah, got it, like versus you, Instagram you, you where they're just Texas look- LLC. You'll see Trick mm. is pretty much, or Florida LLC or Michigan LLC, whatever state, you'll see all our videos are number one. <laughs> got it. And it's driving traffic to you. I was trying to see what you do. You have links in the description. And then the first pinned comment often will say, here's, yeah. here's what you need to know. Yes, exactly. How much are you doing all, all the production in-house? It seems like yes, it. Yes, everything is in-house, okay? We have a team of about 10 or 12 people on the YouTube team. <laughs> okay. Video team. So now we're going on to Amazon Prime. We're going on to uh, Roku, all of that stuff. We're trying to get onto more and more platforms. <laughs> you mentioned, uh, let's just close it out by 
asking about where you're from. You mentioned that you're from the UK. You grew up in Northern Ireland. How'd your family end up in Northern Ireland? Why so, there? Well, I was originally born in India and my dad was a doctor there. And when we were six years old, he got an offer to become a doctor in the UK. And it was meant to be Liverpool, but I think at the last minute it got changed and uh-huh. it was Northern Ireland. And so basically at the age of six, I left from India to Northern Ireland. How was that transition for you? Very, very <laughs> challenging, I'll just say, okay. But I learned to speak English in India. Then I went to school, me and my sister. Then we came back home and said, Mom, they don't speak English here. <laughs> <laughs> because you couldn't understand their dialect. Nothing. Their accent. Why was well, it difficult for you? Was it because you were different in a place where, unlike Queens, where I grew up, where everyone was from yes. another country? That's what it was. You were one of the Basically, few people. Basically, we were the only brown people in the entire town. <laughs> Was it easy to date? Was it easy to make best friends considering that you're brown? I had good friends and I had amazing friends and there were okay. amazing people there. Yeah. But it was challenging. Okay. And it gave me a sort of empathy for a lot of people. Okay. What's the challenge? You do face, I did face racism. I did face mm. all of those things there. And that was a challenging aspect of it. But it also give me, it makes you stronger there. It gives you a better perspective on things. And it basically, I'm no shrinking Vada, put it that way. I can stand <laughs> up for myself. <laughs> it's because you fought. Yes. Ah. I had to get into physical fights and everything. It was necessary and I had to defend myself. And so that was basically it. <laughs> but luckily that was a long, long time ago. And people then, grow up and mature and things become nicer. <laughs> then you became a doctor and then... Yes. I guess when you were seven years old, your mom applied for a green card, even though you were not in the U.S. I didn't know you could apply for a green card when you're not in the U.S. Yes, because her sister was a U.S. uh, citizen then. Got it. And then years later. I got my green card one month before my 21st birthday. (laughs) It's shocking that, first of all, that you could do that. And then suddenly it it happens and you say, "Okay, I'm moving. That's what I happened? was already in medical school in England. So I actually had to, I got my green card, but I finished my medical school in England and all of that stuff. Why did you give up medicine when you spent so much of your life on it? This is the thing. In medicine, you have a lot of ideas. I had a lot of ideas and everything I wanted to do, I kept on being facing roadblocks. Mm. <laughs> and I realized that you, America, I figured would be a lot better than England. I think there'd be a lot more opportunities to ask your ideas forward here, but still I'm going to be in a very structured environment. And that was the reason why I became an entrepreneur. I no longer wanted to make excuses. You see that? Why can't I do it? Because I'm being blocked by other people, but that's not really, that's an excuse. I put myself in a situation environment where I was blocked and I didn't find a way out of it. So now I decided I'm going to do it for myself and become an entrepreneur and set up in a situation where I am fully responsible for my actions. And that's one of the things about America that really appealed to me. You can actually do that here and you can just set your goals and you really only have yourself to basically blame or, you know, rely upon. You see, but opportunities exist. The ability to do it is here and it's very easy compared to other countries. 
I'm, uh, I'm eager to hear from my audience what they think of your site. I'm going to give the URL again. I've been saying Truic a lot. I should probably spell it for you guys. It's T-R-U-I-C.com. That's the best place to send them? That's the best place to send them. And how to start an LC.com. That's the place ah, with all the tools and everything. Truic will redirect people there as they need to. Yeah, my favorite article is the one where it just says, pick out what state you're from. So I picked California. I hit get started. Right away at the top, you say, look, if you don't want to do it for yourself, here are two services that we recommend. And you even show that one of them has just three stars versus the other, that the cheaper one has more stars. Are you making more money? Let's be honest. Are you making more money on the cheaper one on league, on Zoom business, excuse me, on Zen business than you are from LegalZoom? The answer is yes, but Zen business is also a lot cheaper than the other one too for the user. Yeah, they're, I've been, I love their business model a lot. I also like their company, yeah. the people that I've met there a lot. Yeah. Um, I did an interview with the founder. And then since then, I've gotten to know the company a little bit and I, I dig them. All right. And so what I like about that is look at how freaking beautifully it's laid out. I think that is, that's an expression of how organized your brain is. This one page that I see and how giving you are that you even have the paperwork in here. Anyway, I love your site. It's truick.com for everyone who's listening. If you don't have a website yet, if you have not done what we've talked about here today, which is just take stuff out of your head, put it up on the web for other people to see and see where it goes and who reacts to it. Go right now to hostgator.com slash Mixergy. Look, I'll be honest with you. I don't get any more money this year. They already signed their agreement. I get paid no more money if more people sign up. All I get is more pats on the back. And I urge you to go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy. You'll get a low price. Yeah, I'll get my pat on the back, which I like. But more importantly, you will get a site that can change your life. You heard it here today in this interview. And if you have a team of people, do what so many of my interviewees have done. Go to Gusto, gusto.com slash Mixergy. Thank you so much for doing this interview. Thank you very much, Andre. All right. Rock on, guys. Send me your businesses when you build them. Bye.